0: y'all welcome back to kentucky fried war gaming where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance i'm joe and i'm john (laughs) And I always messed up the intro, but I did it because I'm a pro podcaster. Uh, <laughs> on that high note, this week we're back for an episode topic that, uh, well, it wasn't originally on the schedule. However, there's been uh, a little bit of calcium chloride in the community over uh, a new edition that's getting ready to drop in Age of Sigmar, or may it probably already dropped by the time this video goes up. And John, my cholesterol can't take all the salt.
1: Uh, mine can, I, but I'm a veteran of the salt mines, so. Uh, yes, I'm you are from
0: you are from Gamora. Um, yeah. For me, it's a uh, I'm a little newer to this, but after kind of seeing some of the responses and uh, noticing how much I was disagreeing with them, I thought it might be worth making a an episode topic all its own, an episode specifically to talk about. The community's relationship with new additions. And why it maybe doesn't have to be as poor as it is. Woo, John. Hobby times?
1: Games played. What you been up to? So, hobby time this week, I have... Well, I built Dominion... Well, the Stormcast part of Dominion.
0: Yeah, that just came in. Uh, Whew, what a box. So much plastic.
1: Yeah, so uh, Joe and I actually built Stormcast together and held hands and watched stuff about motorcycles. Uh, Yeah, it's hard to hold
0: hands and build models, John. I don't know if anybody believes us, but the motorcycle thing is entirely true.
1: Yes, the motorcycle thing is very true. Uh, But we... Played with the Stormcast against uh, Beastclaw Raiders. That was mm-hmm. pretty fun. Uh, yeah. I got
0: stomped. Yeah, it was rough. Ooh, what a
1: match. But, um, to be fair, it was because of one pivotal moment. And it was still really cool. <laughs> like- <laughs> I, I don't think you made the wrong
0: call in the match. I, You know, sometimes the dice just don't come up the way they should. Um, Yeah, I... John came over for the weekend, and he came over with Seth, the man behind the the chair who edits this stuff. Behind the chair? You mean in the chair? I don't know how Seth sits. Don't you judge them. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, everybody came over for a weekend of fun, and uh, we did some hobbying to help John, like, build Dominion, and we also did a couple of games. So, uh, I... Uh, one of the games was up against uh, John's newly built Stormcast. We threw together like 1,100 points against 1,100 points or something like that. And uh, it was a monster truck adventure. Um, I My list was six models in its entirety. Six models. I I had a, a Frostlord on Stonehorn. I had a Huskard on Stonehorn. And then two... Two man units of mornfeg That was it. That was everything I put on the table. And John put almost all of the Dominion box on the
1: table except for two heroes just for points. Yeah, I took out the Knight Errant and the Knight Vexler, I think yeah. they were. I if I get Stormcast stuff wrong, I'm sorry. I'm still learning Stormcast. I wasn't super interested in them before, and now I'm very interested in them. So I'll be doing a lot of reading up on Stormcast. And when the new Battletone comes out, I'm going to read it. And we'll probably talk about it here. And I'll sound like somebody from, like, five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, He left out the Flag
0: Dude and uh, Magic Lady. Left them out. Um, And we had at it. We set up a... Well, we kind of wanted to, like, test Beast Claw at a disadvantage because the day before i'd played again a game against seth and uh like seth put down uh Hedonites of slanesh i put down the beast claw raiders and uh it was a one turn smash em up i mean there he you know at, by the time we got through the bottom of one there was very little left on the table and we went holy crap beast claw smash uh so we wanted to try to make them push uphill a little bit in game two against the Stormcast, just to kind of see what that was like. So uh, we set up the objectives, and we put more terrain on one side of the board than the other to sort of simulate that, like, the Stormcast are defending a keep or something along that line. And um, also, John brought the Angel Lady. Oh, that Angel Lady. She's so cool. Um, And she has this horrifying ability that just being near my monsters makes them wounded terribly terribly wounded uh which you know makes her really good at dueling monsters so like her being on the table combined with the advantageous terrain we thought would give the beast claw an uphill battle you know what i mean um that that's not exactly how it went though
1: no, Yanestra kind of whiffed. It's okay, though. I'm actually currently holding her model right now because uh, you said that I looked over to where she was sitting on my desk, and I was like, I got to pick her up. Soon I will paint you. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten around to priming models. Uh, I have to prime outside. I don't have an airbrush right now. And unfortunately, it's been raining and muggy. And I don't want to mess up my priming. So I will be waiting until it's a bit more dry to prime these beautiful paladins.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're gorgeous models, and I think most of them, like, performed pretty well, you know, considering what they went up against. But, uh, yeah, John like, got to the top of two with a double turn, and was like, uh, oh, I could charge in Yanostra, or I could keep her behind the lines, and essentially be a baby and uh mama didn't raise no bitch so he sent the angel lady in straight up against the frost lord just mega charge into his face and uh she did my finest hour so she like buffed herself up Uh, i then roared her so she couldn't give herself command abilities that was super useful And uh, she swung into the Stonehorn and did, like, two or three wounds, something like that. Four
1: wounds, four wounds in total. Uh, Three wounds from her swings, one wound from her dying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And then the Frost Lord on Stonehorn crushed her like a soda can. It was, it was unfortunate. She, like, the Frost Spear went in at her. And I think she only took one wound from all those attacks, and she dodged all of the punches and kicks, which was great. And then I went to roll the horn attacks,
1: and she whiffed literally every one of her armor saves. All of them. You rolled hot on all of the wound rolls, and then I rolled terribly on all the armor saves, and then terribly on all the ward saves.
0: Yeah, uh, I think she took something like 12 points of damage. Uh instantly from those horns and uh yeah that that's all she wrote for Andrasta and uh That then meant it was the top of my turn and the monsters got to charge into his lines And uh I crushed some units and I was just waiting on objectives so we called it But uh it was a good showing uh even when Yandastra was off the board I feel like uh some of those Stormcast units uh held better than I thought they would Um what are they the the guys with the pikes the praetors uh the halberds yeah yeah praetors yeah they uh those guys were pretty beefy um i expected like the annihilators to be beefy i did not think they would be as beefcakey as they were in that game so that was really cool
1: yeah i'm, I'm a big fan i plan on running an all lightning strike like new range of stormcast army now that we've seen more of the models and i'm just very sold mm-hmm. um and so this will be this will be a lot of fun. I think I'm actually just going to go with the classic, like, Hammers of Sigmar color scheme. I know it's not super unique, it's not super creative, uh, but I really like blue. <laughs> and I have not painted gold, like an army of gold, before. And I think if any time was the time, it would be now. So I have no intention of playing custodies in 40k. That's your bag. That is so. my bag. My beautiful boys! So this will be fun. This will be fun. It'll be great. Uh I really like the sculpts. I like the like the look of them. Their new rules are pretty good. They don't seem too powerful. Um, but good enough. I just need to learn how to play an Elite Force in AOS because my fort like the armies I have for AOS currently are Beasts of Chaos and Skaven. Oh. Neither of which are elite armies no giant hordes of like 80 models at a time so i need to get used to not just throwing stuff away because that's their job (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah losing her was
0: definitely the pivotal moment where like if she wouldn't have died you might have held up my line long enough to kind of grind us out but when she fell and we got to charge in behind her into the like you know now all of a sudden you have Thunderhorns, in, not Thunderhorns, it's Stonehorns and the Hen House, and uh, that's bad time. <laughs> that's a real
1: bad time. Well, something I noticed with the Beast Claw is that they're very good at doing something that I do with my World Eaters in 40k, and that is putting your opponent in a hard spot to make a decision, and then punishing them for either decision they make in different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very good. I, mean, I like that. Uh, it is weird to be on the other side of that, this time. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Thunderdome. <laughs> now I'm, I get to play the the charge
1: army. I'm also sitting here wondering what's going to be, like, who would win in a fight? Uh, a squad of world leader berserkers or a frost lord on <laughs> uh, the The answer to that question is,
0: did the frost lord get the charge?
1: I like to think that they charge each other at the same time.
0: Uh, well, if he gets his charge bonus, he wins. And he also has Metal
1: Cruncher. That's fair. That's fair. If we had Angron, it might be different. Not Angron, uh, Karn. Karn. Angron would probably lose against a Stonehorn because he's a big crybaby. But Karn. I don't know. The last game I played against your guys, Karn,
0: pretty much got punked. We I'm just saying. do we saying. talk
1: ill of Karn in the saying. house. I'm just
0: saying. I'm just saying. Went down to a regular custodian guard. It is what it is.
1: I really hope Karn gets better rules whenever (laughs) we finally see his rules.
0: Uh, For your sake, I hope he gets better rules. Good God, it was I would
1: be very unhappy with having to shelve world leaders again.
0: Yeah, I mean, soon eventually
1: a uh, new book will come it's just a matter of what order it'll get here i just want a world leader's codex like death guard I, i've said it before on the show i'm gonna say it again and i will keep saying it until gdb gives it, gives it to me and then we're going to have like three episodes of me just screaming about it it's gonna be great
0: not not words just incoherent rage which is very ah. meta very meta Yeah, uh, I can't wait till they get a new book. I'm excited to see a lot of the new codexes coming out. uh, Because let's be honest, they've had to slow down a little bit over the past few months. And uh, I want to see them ramp back up. Uh, I feel like on this book treadmill, we are now behind. So I I really want to see GW push to catch up. And uh, maybe they're going to be one of them forces. You never know
1: i don't play orcs but i'm very excited to see what orcs comes like how the orcs rules look in july uh mostly for tanner like i want to i want to play many games with tanner and i want his orcs to be very good
0: oh yeah i want his orcs to ruin my day that that's my hope but i guess we'll find out here soon uh it'll be dropping well they'll be giving us information any second now and uh full reveals will be going But, I mean, the nice thing about the orc book dropping is no matter what's in it, I can guarantee that the orc players aren't going to be salty. Unlike some other players in the community. Whew. Well, John. I think it's time to talk about, uh... A topic that could be painful, but I don't think has to be. I don't think that it inherently has to be kind of negative. And that's actually the reason why we're making the episode, because I think we can maybe turn some people around on this. So I guess we should first start off by saying that while the impetus for us to record this episode was the drop of third edition for Age of Sigmar, that this has been going on for a while. That people have been a little too very salty about edition changes for quite a
1: ways back. It's also deeper than that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a thing that might make some of you mad. And oh honestly, Lord. hang on, kind of don't care. Uh, Warhammer fans are salty. They just are. I get salty. We all get salty. We find something to kind of just go. Where? To. And that's fine. Um. Where it kind of becomes a problem. Is when the salt. Isn't just one salty person. Talking to another salty person. And sharing in the salt together. And it becomes. Salty person. Tells other person who is not salty. You shouldn't like this thing. Because I am upset about it. Yeah. That's uh. So if, you, if you're if you experiencing that with this edition change, don't worry, you're not alone. Like, if you're excited, you should be excited, and I'm glad you're having a good time. I'm excited. I'm very excited. And I think that there is a way, and we'll talk about it, that you can be excited about a new edition of 40K, Fantasy, Age of Sigmar, whatever, um, without getting kind of bogged down by some of the people going, but what about this change that makes me so upset I stared wake at night and wonder what happened what happened to my beautiful imperial god yeah I mean that's kind of something
0: I experienced when I first got into the hobby uh, we've talked about it before but I hopped in to uh 40k it was sort of my intro to tabletop wargaming really well first it was blood bowl but then I quickly hopped into 40k and um when I
1: hopped in, you are in, a football was... fan
0: yeah, I am who I am. I'm a Kentucky boy. I done played the foosball. It is what it is They asked me. Do you like lord of the Rings?" And I went yup And they went do you also like the football? I went yup How about you want to put them things together and I went yup Uh, you know they got me But then I got into 40k because the new edition was dropping It was eighth edition and eighth edition was really approachable for a newer player like me Compared to some of the older ones uh, and when I hopped in, I was really excited because I was, of course, new. Like, it was my first 40k. And I was really excited to try out these face bugs. And uh, very quickly, the torrents of responses to my, like, peppy Facebook engagement, asking questions and stuff, was met with, This is a baby game. Or, This is too simple. I don't. You're not. The game's over before you even sit at the table. Or. You know, this game is for no brains. And, like, all of that, because I guess they love 7th,
1: which meant that I couldn't enjoy 8th. Listen, I got, like, half of a brain, and I was able to enjoy 7th, so I don't know what they're talking about. Uh,
0: It's just Chuds being Chuds, but, like, it happened to me. Now, luckily, I had some other people who were like, hey, like they're, they're just turds, you can ignore them. But it happened again when uh, 9th edition for 40k dropped. People super, super salty. uh, Just because it's not 8th edition. And now, here we are, AOS 3 is dropping. And I'm watching the same thing happen again.
1: It just seems to be continuous. And it keeps happening. And you didn't even get to see what happened when fantasy turned into Age of Sigmar. Where people... Burnt their whole armies. They set their whole armies on fire in protest. Yeah, that's a thing that happened.
0: John, we are three editions into Age of Sigmar. I still see angry people tugging their puds in Facebook comment sections about you can't
1: how... can't be saying tugging your <laughs> puds <laughs> on the show, Joe. You can't. John,
0: I can say what I damn well please. <laughs> there, you know it. There, you know it. You know I'm right. Uh, yeah, They're you're right.
1: You're right. Absolutely. There are still guys who go Bretonnia, No, <laughs>
0: like and going on and on about how the Warhammer Fantasy has more lore than Age of Sigmar. Yeah, I know it's it was around for 30 years. Give you give us a minute.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. That makes sense. Like there wouldn't be an Age of Sigmar if it wasn't for Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, that's. That's, That's kind of how settings work.
0: <laughs> I'm very aware, man. I'm very aware it's okay. So yeah, while I wasn't here for the initial, uh, we'll call it disturbance in the force. The echoes are still washing out, let me tell you. Um, and I think some of that is inherent. And I agree to that. I, I will, I assent that some of this is just inherent and there's nothing we can do about it. However, I think some of this we could push back on. And I think we could push back on it fairly effectively. I honestly do. Um, While we cannot necessarily force other people to be happy and enjoy their hobby, uh, we could at least try to be careful for ourselves. And maybe if we really try to be positive and enjoy the hobby ourselves, maybe some of that will be a little contagious for them. But I think... Before we can have that conversation, we kind of have to first dive into some of the stuff that they're complaining about, right? Some of the stuff that's really, really itching them. So I guess uh, I'll use one of the main things that people always gripe over when a new edition's about to drop. And that's the rules changes, because every edition comes with rules changes. Some are bigger than others, some are total rewrites and overhauls, Some are smaller changes that are meant to kind of level set the the playing field and address a couple of key issues. Um, But it seems like in either case, people are just mad about rules changing. And it
1: is vitriolic. Well, I mean, people kind of get mad when anything changes. Uh, But with games specifically, especially Warhammer... People have spent a bunch of money, people have like spent a lot of time learning stuff, they've bought a physical book, they've bought multiple physical books <laughs> to play in an edition, <laughs> so to a degree some of it's justified, and for a lot of people they don't like the concept of, I can just go back and play an old edition, or I can use stuff from this to for narrative games, maybe they only play competitively, maybe their friends only play competitively maybe their shop only does like tournaments and that's the only way they play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand that. I, 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 I understand, what understand that's frustrating. And I think that the solution is not to get mad at a new edition. It is instead to really push for GW to have better policies with their rules, uh, as like switching to digital, for instance, which will inherently make it cheaper and make it easier to get into. Um, I think that is a better direction than just getting mad because the change even happened when we know it's going to happen anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and sometimes it's not even necessarily a a
1: world-shattering change. It's just one that might frustrate them a tad. And some oh. uh, sometimes the change doesn't even happen as, like, oh no, the, the game is unplayable now. It is, you just have to change the way you play now. Mm-hmm. like yeah. how the morale changes in 40k like it just meant you did morale different
0: yeah or uh, for me the one that's kind of i've been seeing a lot is the coherency changes in age of sigmar which you know it's a change to how far apart your models can be depending on size of the unit and blah 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 um but yeah people are losing their minds not because units won't be able to be played or anything's getting deleted they're just gonna have to play those units differently
1: And the loss of, like, battalions and stuff, and the switching to generic battalions. Like, people are just going crazy about it. I mean, I didn't play an army that really used battalions anyway, so I'm delighted. I did. Like, I I play Beasts of Chaos. I want to keep playing Beasts of Chaos. Can't wait for that Total Warhammer Beastmen DLC. Shout out. Um, (laughs) But...
0: Yeah, when that DLC drops, our hobby progress that week is going to be suspiciously light.
1: Uh, I'm just going to talk about Total War. But (laughs) the, (laughs) the thing with, like, Beasts of Chaos and other factions like it that relied on battalions was that that was a design crutch, right? Yeah. And it kind of made the whole army worse because it was the only thing they relied on, like, conceptually. And going forward, I hope that that's not the case. And th- that's kind of like the way to look at changes in a new, new edition: is that they're, especially when it's about the core rules, is it's a change in the design philosophy for the entire edition and game, and that means your old book won't play the same. <laughs>
0: it just won't. It just won't.
1: And that's fine. Like I, I play Skaven. The the faction that wants to bring max size units of everything, (laughs) I'm just adjusting and I'm having fun doing it. I get to experiment, like which is very (laughs) Skaven.
0: And I think experimentation is kind of the key to our second uh, example as well. And that's, well, when new additions come, they, they come with core rules changes, which is always a thing. It just varies. But they also come with points changes where different armies will have their points either increased or decreased or sometimes by model will increase or decrease and by the time you get to the end your points values are all over the place and man the salt that flows from these is strong (laughs) it's it's yeah
1: yeah people will some people look at the the stuff in a vacuum like they're like well my favorite unit went up by 23 percent oh no i can bring 23 percent less of my men that i like but you can just look at other stuff that you also wanted to take that maybe just got cheaper and you can take that too and maybe the reason why they got a points increase is because they can do stuff with the new rules that might be a bit too strong with the old points value or maybe like it is the case with age of sigmar three Uh boards got smaller, so we need less models on the table. I think that's great.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's kinda the answer to this one, because I think in general, we could turn these frowns upside down. We can we could view these in a positive light. And for this, I think you could instead view this as an opportunity. I mean, every one of us who plays this game have units in our army that are to put it kindly, lackluster. Maybe they're too expensive. Maybe their War Scroll's not great. Maybe given the meta of the game where you play, they just don't have a role. Maybe a combination of those things. Maybe all of them. But with points changes, some of the stuff that's a little stronger is going to get more expensive. Your stuff may even go down, making you cheaper by comparison. And when that happens, it could be an opportunity for you to play units that you've literally never been able to put on the board before um and for me that's really exciting and i would prefer to look at it that way rather than oh they nuked
1: my list like we don't have to look at it that way and if you're i'm gonna i'm gonna try to say this in a way that is constructive uh if you are a competitive minded player if you're a spiky player you should look at addition changes as a boon because it means you get to flex your ability to list build and play your preferred army better than other people. You get to try out new things and new tactics that will surprise your opponents and you will have a lot of fun doing it. Um, it does require a mind shift and it requires you to like step outside of the box but it will make you even better as a player, and if you're a narrative focus player or a or a casual focus player, this provides you with an opportunity to do some like really bonkers stuff with your friends. Uh, you can start new forces. You can try models you never tried before. Like there's all sorts of stuff in Skaven. I get to try now because it got better than some of the Scryer stuff. Because the Scryer stuff got nerfed a little bit, so I can play more Molder stuff like it'll be yeah
0: and like i have never seen people well okay i guess investment folks maybe but i've never seen people outside of banking complain so much about a 4.6 percent increase in my life uh i also think games workshop should be lauded for i guess pushing people to get an education because i've never seen so many mathematicians get a phd overnight in the forums as when points drops happen
1: oh my sweet god well and uh it's I'm impressive not, i'm not trying to throw a particular shade at any individual person here um but there are content creators and people within the community for aos and 40k and other miniatures war games i'm sure. In which they cover the points changes and it is with a tinge of, in one hand, a little bit of sarcasm. That is a little bit of a joke. And some people just don't get that sarcasm and they think that it's serious. And there is a kernel of truth there, but it's not the whole point. And then there are people who legitimately, they have an entire platform dedicated to just being mad. Being angry and... And and making drama. That's why Twitter exists. Um, <laughs> it's just and for people to get mad. I avoid it like the plague. Well, I there's also lots of cool stuff on Twitter, I will say. There's lots of really good short jokes. And there's lots of cool pictures and miniatures. <laughs>
0: yeah, but John, you, you play world eaters. You love being angry. Y- you aren't the measurement to get all of this measured against. Um.
1: It's, it's true. Yeah. I do, I do like a good angry boy or like a good you, angry session. You love to be mad. I, I just I just pick up uh, just so many different boxes and huck them into a fire I created that's been burning for 6 hours. And I just holler at the moon. Just ah. <laughs> and then you
0: feel better. It's amazing. It's true. It's true. Uh but I think I want to touch on something that you mentioned in that it is an op- these changes Both core rules and points changes combined are, well, I guess if you're a pessimist, they force you to try new lists. But if you're someone like me, I love to get to try new lists. That's incredible. Like it, I guess there are people out there who have like made a list six years ago and they never want to run any other list ever uh, in their life. Uh, and I got to say, that's an impressive level of commitment, because my supposed ADD would not allow that.
1: <laughs> well, the the other aspect to that is I think that there's a lot of people who get into this hobby with the ra- wrong mindset. Um, and I'm not going to try to dissuade any of you, or, or I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I'm just saying that if you get into this hobby about buying little plastic army men, and your idea is, I've bought enough plastic army men I don't need to buy any more plastic army men forever and just play what I want. Then dedicate to that and don't get mad when the game moves on past what you've been taking and you would need to take different stuff because things changed. Like if you're only going to play one faction in 40 K, maybe play space Marines because they're always kind of okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't, play something because it's the hotness or like the hot meta army to then get mad when you need to switch. Although I will say even
0: then stuff changes. Um, perfect example, I'm kind of talking about, uh, a, a thing that I really loved when an addition change and like new rules dropped. Um, obviously I play salamanders. It's like my beloved 40k army. I love my good, good farm boys. And, uh, one of the things I've always liked is a, dr- like, Dreadnoughts, and specifically the Redemptor Dreadnought, because it is the biggest and stompiest of Dreadnoughts, and therefore the best Dreadnought. And I loved it. I love it. And I just, I put it in a list because it's cool, and for a long time, I it wasn't great. That's okay. It's cool. However, addition changes. Points change. Rules change. All of a sudden, the Dreadnoughts... Good. And I get to throw it in a list now without feeling like I'm playing a handicap. Like, that change allowed me the opportunity to play with this model that I always wanted to play more with but never really got to. And here you go. Just put it in a list. And I love that. And I'm hoping for people out there that when this edition change happens or uh, other edition changes happen in the future, as they will ever do. I hope that you look for the opportunity to play a fun unit that you didn't get to before. And I really hope you look at it as an opportunity. Not as a a sort of storm that must be weathered, but as a new, fertile land full of chances to make new fun. Yeah, um, so... It's just healthier that way.
1: And an, and an idea I always try to tell people is when a... When you when your new battle tome comes out, right? Or your new codex comes out, generally people are really excited. They're like, oh god, new stuff. Ye- yeah. Um, try to think that way about a new edition. I know it's not specifically for your special your special boys, but think about how this can affect your army in a positive way. Like, I'm gonna use Bees of Cast as another example. Rage of Sigmar, a lot of it doesn't really make them much better. A lot of the new Age of Sigmar rules don't really affect Beast of Chaos because they're already really bad. Mhm. But it has made the Minotaurs more useful. And oh, that's yeah, that cool. plus
0: 1 to hit? Plus 1 to hit real good.
1: Yeah. It has made some of the monsters way better. And that's cool. Gorgon a little
0: better. I'm not saying it's like incredible now, but it is certainly better.
1: Uh, it you gets already... to roar,
0: it gets to stomp, plus one to hit.
1: Yeah, like, it's there's there's just stuff you can do now that you couldn't do before, and that's cool. And they're probably going to get a new battle tome sooner rather than later, but I can still think about it right now. Like, mm-hmm. it's just very fun. Sure can. And yeah, I just... Uh,
0: we as a community can choose how we view these things. And as a channel who tries to be more positive in our content... We want to also push our viewers to do the same. Because y'all, at the end of the day, this is our hobby. For most of us, we work busy jobs. You know, you have uh, wives, husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends, partners of many varieties. You might have children. You might have family members that you're taking care of. You might be working multiple jobs. We're all, you know, we got a life going on that is oftentimes kind of stressful, folks. Sometimes it's real stressful. And because of that, I think it is at all the more reason why we should try to enjoy the hobby time that we do get. And I would hate to see somebody out there kind of spoil their own fun when they didn't necessarily have to.
1: And if you, like, just want to talk to somebody about, like, hey, um, the Gorgon still sucks. You can, like, just message me on Twitter. Like, you, you, if you want to talk about how much the Gorgon sucks, I'll talk to you about how much the Gorgon sucks. And then we can also talk about some cool stuff we can now do with the Gorgon. But it's still going to suck. But we can at least talk about the stuff. It like, sucks less. Yeah, it's okay. Like, you can... you. It's an art, right? There's the art of the deal, right? Terrible. Terrible reference I've made. How dare you? Uh, but there's also an art to being salty, but also making it comedy. Like, you can be salty and still have fun. You can be salty about, like, something and still be like, this is so bad it's funny. Like, there's a way to do that. And then you don't ruin it. But if you if you genuinely get so upset at a thing that happened in a game that you get mad at other people for daring to be excited... You should probably reassess why that is, and if this hobby is actually fun for you, or maybe you need to take a little bit of a hiatus until it kind of evens out.
0: I think that's fair. But I'd like to think for most people who are kind of feeling a little, maybe they're feeling a little negative about some of their armies, maybe this slight correction will knock them back on course.
1: Maybe we've opened some eyes, John. We can hope it dies. Maybe maybe don't go on Reddit. That's what I do with every edition change. I've been through all of them so many times. When uh, the, about a month before the new edition's gonna drop, or like the box set from the new edition drops, I stop going on all of the Reddits or Facebook pages for the games. I only look at like Twitter, or Instagram, because I've curated those feeds for that kind of content to be a little bit more positive. I'll like avoid certain podcasts or YouTube channels that I know can be a bit spicy or salty um for the sake of clickbait because a lot of the stuff that goes on in the beginning of an edition doesn't matter after like three to six months after it releases yeah that doesn't true. like it's just, yeah it stops mattering that tracks
0: um but for people out there listening how are you how do you guys handle edition changes are you folks who tend to be really positive no matter what or are you do you also feel kind of the the call of the
1: salty void, if you will? Call of the salty void. Good band name. Uh, um, that's our. That's going to be our next podcast. It's going to be a story podcast that we write ourselves, and it's just us and maybe a handful of other people, just just voicing different uh, characters coming from like the a, a hole of pure void at the bottom of the Dead Sea. Elevator pitch, right there. Let's go.
0: Love it. But for people out there, how do you feel about it? Have you experienced people kind of pooing on you? Or maybe have you been the pooer?
1: You cannot so. do this to me, just <laughs> <laughs> First so, you're tugging puns. Next you're pooing on people.
0: <laughs> if so, let us know. I want to hear your pooing stories.
1: No. <laughs> no, I don't. You can I reach don't out want to, to hear us. Your stories. Inst- don't, <laughs> you can reach don't. out to us
0: on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can reach us in the YouTube comment section down below. <sighs> uh, Do if you are so listening many to poo- the podcast <laughs> in any of those places, uh, we would appreciate a rating. Not necessarily a good one, an honest one. If it is good, we love it all the more. But for now, that's been all of our opinions.
1: Bonafide.
0: Bonafide?
1: Bonafide, Joe. You <laughs> Kentucky wanna, you... Fried. There you we'll go. we will see y'all there the next go. time. Uh. Curse you, John! <laughs> <laughs>